Yes. It's going to be one of those days on Play by Play. Casey Gisclair here. We're celebrating. We're having a good old time here on KLEB because LSU won the Natty. The Tigers win the national championship. Kim Mulkey brings it home in just her second season in Baton Rouge. LSU outlast Iowa. They win the national championship, their first ever national championship in women's basketball history. And we're going to be having a great time throughout the course of the show. We've got Brian Colley in the next segment. Coach Colley will be chatting with us about this and then amongst other things. We've got some high school baseball and some different things to cover. We'll be breaking down the big victory. LSU beats Iowa. And here's the thing that we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark stuff, right? We have to, right? That's what everybody's talking about. But here's what I'm going to do that maybe no one else is going to do, right? I'm going to actually celebrate the team that won the championship, right? I'm not going to talk about all that drama and all that nonsense and all that divisive uh, the stuff that's meant to divide people. I'm not about the divisiveness. I'm about celebrating a group of young ladies who did something that no other LSU team has ever done before. I'm about celebrating a group of young ladies who rallied around their coach who invested in the state of Louisiana and came back home and promised us that she would win a national championship and made good on that promise. I'm about celebrating Jasmine Carson, who in today's day and age of transfer portal and leaving your team if you're not starting and playing 38 minutes a game in the championship game, came off the bench and made five three-pointers. Off the bench, she was ready when her number was called and made five three-pointers when she was needed most. I'm about celebrating last year Poa, an Australian native who's a sophomore who doesn't play a whole lot, but who needed to play in the first half because of foul trouble. Made two big three-pointers. Six big points for an LSU team that wins the championship. We're celebrating an amazing accomplishment here on Play by Play today. The Lady Tigers get it done. They take care of Iowa 102-85 to and win the school's first ever basketball national championship. Now, one thing that's apparent to me, and later in the show, we're going to get into all the nonsense about, oh, she celebrated the wrong way. <laughs> we're going to get into all that because that's what you guys want to talk about apparently on social media. But as I said earlier in this show, I want to celebrate the actual championship, the accomplishment, the meat and potatoes. The sizzle is all that other crap. The stake is the fact that these young ladies rallied together, won 34 of the 36 games they played this season, and won the championship game by 17. It wasn't close for Kim Mulkey and the LSU women's basketball team. Now, one thing that I want to say here in this segment is this championship, though it's about Alexis Morris and Angel Reese and Flojay Johnson and Jasmine Carson and the great LSU players of this year's team. Though it's about all of you all. It's about Ladeja Williams and all those great players. Y'all all deserve y'all moment in the sun. I want it to be known that this LSU National Championship is also 
about all the players that came before. Erica White, Kiana Chaney, Tamika Johnson, Simone Augustus, Sylvia Fowles, Ashley Johnson, Kristen Morris, Kiana Chaney, Rashanta LeBlanc. Um, Sylvia Fowles, if I didn't say her already, how could I forget or forgot? Pokey Chapman, Bob Starkey, who's still with the team now as an assistant coach. All of the great players of the past. Boogie Barrett, Teresa Plaisance. I want to make sure, and I'm going to send this to a lot of you all, because I'm, I'm friends with a lot of you all. I'm going to make sure that this podcast gets in their hands. I want them to understand that this championship is also theirs too. Yes, Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles and Tamika Johnson never physically led LSU to the national championship, but they laid that foundation and let it be known that it was possible for an LSU team to win a championship and to make a run and to be at a place of prominence. And this championship is as much for them and about them as it is the current players. I am so proud of LSU. I don't care if you don't like the way that the team celebrated. I don't care if you don't like the way that the team handled themselves. I don't care if you don't like the way Kim Mulkey acts. I don't care if you don't like the way Angel Reese acts. I don't care if you don't like the way um, Alexis Morris called out a player in the postgame press conference. I don't care about any of it. I care about the fact that these young ladies bought into a vision, came together, were the underdogs, everybody crapped on them all season long. Oh, they didn't play a hard non-conference schedule. They're not really that good. When they were winning games by 50 and 60, everybody didn't believe in them. When they started the SEC, oh, they're playing the bottom of the conference. Nobody believed in them. When they got their asses kicked at South Carolina, oh, you see, I told you, they're really not that good. You get into the NCAA tournament, you're number three seed. No one gives you a snowball's chance in hell of making the national championship tournament, nor the Final Four, nor anything of that sort. And you go through the entire bracket and you win the whole damn thing. And they're still talking about you today. They're still talking about you. They still refuse to give you credit today. Oh, well, if it would have been South Carolina, they would have lost. They got lucky. They got a friendly draw. They're still not giving them their credit today. Oh, Angel Reese is kind of a punk. Oh, I'm so disappointed in the way she handled her. Give me a break. This is a young a group of young ladies that deserve every ounce of recognition that we could give them if you don't like it. That's on you because I know that me and the rest of my LSU fan friends and graduates of the school, we're going to celebrate this one. And guess what? All you people on the periphery who are not happy and who are not excited, that's because your team lost. If it was your team doing it, you would be just as excited as we are. You're not upset with the way that they're handling themselves. No, get off your high horse. You're upset that your team lost and LSU won. The Tigers get a 102-85 win over Iowa, clinch the national championship, and here's the last message that I'll give you in this segment before we jump to Brian Kale in the next. It's just the beginning, baby. It's just the beginning. This LSU team, and look, I get it, winning the national championship is going to be difficult any year. It's going to be difficult any year. But winning the national championship is something that this LSU team could potentially do for a while. They've got a roster next year that's going to be more talented than their roster this year. They've got a recruiting class coming in that is stellar. They've got the number one player in the country 
in the recruiting class. You got to replace Ladeja Williams. That's going to be tough. You got to replace Alexis Morris. That's going to be tough. You got to replace Jasmine Carson. That's going to be tough. But you have some talent coming in that is going to be generational talent. You got the number one player in the country, Michaela Williams, who is superb. She is going to be an instant starter and a big-time contributor. You know Mulkey's going to hit the transfer portal. Hell, that's how they got Angel Reese to begin with. This is a team that's just scratching the surface of how good they could potentially be. Kim Mulkey came to LSU, promised she'd win the big one. There were a lot of people who laughed at the time. Oh, they're paying too much. Oh, they're spending too much money on women's basketball. Oh, that's a mistake. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. To all of those people, I will offer to buy you the Tony Sasheries to put on your crow today so there could at least be a little bit of flavor on all of those negative words that you're eating today and all that stupidity that you spewed that's now splattered right back in your face. The Tigers are the national champions. We're super fired up about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit more a little bit later in the show. But first, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brian Colley. We'll talk some high school baseball and everything in between. It's play-by-play. Go Tigers! Ellis, you are the national champions of women's basketball. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-403-4623-800-403-4623-800-403-4623. That's 800-403-4623. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. 
At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time, the Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. That's another thing. I just did a whole segment yelling and screaming and cutting up about LSU. I didn't even touch on the fact that it was WrestleMania as Hulk Hogan's theme plays. I got a whole bunch of thoughts about that. We'll get to that in just a second. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Let's go to the phone lines for the first time today. Uh, We'll have South LaFouche Athletic Director Coach Brian Colley on the line. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, good morning. Doing well. Hope you're doing well. Yep, we are, man. Um, it was a very um, interesting weekend. Uh, we had a lot of high school baseball, and you know the Tarpons played in Hanville and didn't get the result that they wanted, and it's just do-or-die time now for them. They've got to get hot. They don't have much margin for error. They've got to win. Maybe not the rest of them, but the overwhelming majority of the rest of them. But one thing that was noteworthy, and look, man, I kind of snuck out a little bit early on that one, had to go to the basketball game. Uh, but the Tarpons got some good relief work from kind of some lesser-known guys, some kids who maybe didn't quite have as much experience. Austin Curell pitched well. Worley did okay. And you know, they got some work from some guys that you know maybe could allow them to more easily get through this big five-game week or uh, five-game week that they have coming up ahead. Yeah, you know, they did. And uh, overall, throughout the game, they, uh, they probably hit the ball the most uh, they, uh, they hit this year as far as base hits and uh, a lot of base hits, um, doubles, and, and such, but they uh, they couldn't put a couple of these uh, hits together. Uh, actually scored, what, in the first three innings, one run yep. in each end, and uh, took a lead on, on, on Hornsville, and it, it just kind of got away from them a little bit as the, uh, you know, I started getting up and I'll pitch count. Then, uh, you know, we have to make a change, and, uh, but, uh, Brock Johnson did a great job on the mound for the Tarpons to start, and I guess maybe he got a little tired. And uh, <clears throat> you know, the Tarpon uh, coaching staff had a game plan going in to use different pitches, and uh, when they made a change, it didn't kind of work out for them. But some of these relief got, uh, relief pitchers came in and did a good job, a serviceable job for sure for the Tarpons. But look, Tarpons top of the seven in actually loaded the bases, <clears throat> had the, the tie and run on first. And uh, just couldn't, uh, you know, get anything going after that. But uh, you know, it's uh, they hung in with a, a good Hornsville team. And uh, this week, uh, we talked about it on the broadcast. It's a, a big, big week for the Tarpons. No doubt about that, man. Look, you're playing Riverdale today. Uh, Riverdale's only nine and nine, and I say only nine and nine because what I'm about to say after that is going to illustrate my point. They're not a bad baseball team. They're currently in the playoffs over in their classification. They've played some tough teams. They have gotten some good results against tough teams. 
The week starts off with a challenge. Don't pay attention to that record and say, oh, well, they got the same amount of wins as HL Bourgeois. It's going to be a blowout. Oh, no. Riverdale, if they're throwing a good arm, which we would imagine they would be, they're more than capable. That's going to be a big test for the Tarpons today. Yeah, look, they're coming on uh, a three-game win streak. They're coming in to tonight's game. Uh, three games before that, they actually lost. So, um, But they won the, the next three. And it, it, I, I think you're right. It all depends on who they put on the mound against the Tarpons uh, tonight. If they come with their ace, if you look at their schedule and you try and figure out, okay, they maybe threw their ace here or because they win this one, they lose this one, and uh, then they come back and win the next game, well, maybe, you know, their ace that's winning all these games for them. But uh, they are 9-9, nine and nine, a dangerous team. They uh, kind of struggle. When they, you know, they're playing some good or, or the better teams on their schedule. They, uh, they're not having as much luck. Uh, when they're playing teams that they should take care of business with, they do. So uh, it's a team that Torpens are going to definitely have to be ready to play tonight. The thing that scares me about these guys is, look, we saw Terrebonne with our own eyes. We we thought very highly of them as we left their ballpark. They lost to Terrebonne, but it was just 8-7. to seven. So if they ran stride for stride with them, uh, that tells you they're capable of doing some good things. I think the Torpens are going to have to play well, good defense, all that good stuff. And they're going to have to figure out and we talk about this often on the broadcast. Do you, can you can you get a timely hit, or can you advance runners, or can you do both? Tarpons are going to have to do all that little situational stuff better down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, just simple laying the bunts down. They, they've been having a, a hard time. Uh, and in certain situations, they have success. But for the most part, they, they're kind of struggling with that. And this week, there's not much practice time, so you can't kind of uh, – work on your skills a little bit in practice because there's pretty much no practice. You're playing four days in a row, then you're going to be off on Friday and you you back at it on Saturday. So uh, a lot of games coming up with very little practice time. So the Tarpons are going to have to be on their their A game. And to get in the postseason, we're going to have to start stringing some uh, wins together to to try and get into that top 24 because uh, winning one, losing one, uh, is going to keep us around that 30, 31 mark. So let's talk about the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament as LSU wins the national championship over Iowa. Today, unfortunately, all of the talk and conversation is about extracurricular stuff. No one's talking about the game anymore, and I think that's unfortunate because it's an LSU team that that played lights out. They were shooting the heck out of the basketball Iowa was trying to play that kind of loose triangle in two. We're going to shade off of some players, and it worked against South Carolina. It didn't work against LSU. They were prepared for it. They shot lights out. Don't know where that three-point shooting was all year, but they got it yesterday when it mattered most, and it was an LSU team that saved their best offensive performance for last, scoring 102 points in the game. Boy, it was crazy. They were lighting it up from the outside. Yeah, they uh, they made shots, and that's what uh, won the game. You know, people, defense wins championships. Yeah, LSU played some defense, but, uh, I mean, scored 102 points. They came out of nowhere. Where, uh, then, they were very cold shooting, three-point team throughout the year, and they came out and they were just on fire. And I think that's what won the game for them. Is their, uh, their three-point shooting, uh, the bench came in and played well when they got into the early foul trouble, Extend, you know, had a big halftime lead. Uh, which helped them against a team like Iowa because you know they're going to go on runs. But when you're going on a run, when you're down 17, it's a lot different than when you're down four or five to go on a run. So 
uh, I think that first half definitely, uh, you know, extended a lead for the Tigers and they held on to win. And well, I say held on, but they, they held on that uh, went through their Iowa's run. Then they just put it on at the end to, you know, see the victory. You know what was unfortunate? And look, they often tell me, oh, you only complain about officiating when your team loses, which is actually not true. I'll complain about it when LSU won. I thought that the officiating yesterday was a train wreck. I thought that Caitlin Clark got a couple of push-offs that she got away with. They called it for a few. The technical foul that she got was a mess. Mulkey should have gotten technical fouls. She's over there bumping into officials and stuff. Angel Reed's got a foul called on her where she was nowhere near making contact with anyone. It just felt like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm, I'm approaching this all the wrong way, and if so, I apologize in advance. It just felt like that officiating crew said before the game, hey, like this is going to be a large audience. There's going to be more people watching this game than maybe ever before. Let's not screw anything up. And in the process of trying to call the game super tight, they ended up screwing everything up. Both sides were upset yesterday, and I thought with good reason. I thought it was an over-policed basketball game. Oh, 100%. I think it was terrible, you know, uh, the way that game was called, especially, I think, in the first half. It, it was it was terrible. It was horrible. And, you know, the technical foul, okay, you got to de- delay a game. Well, the second one, she just – out of frustration, just takes the ball and throws it out of bounds. I, I guess an official wasn't in that area, so it's a second delay game, which is a technical foul. But I, I just think uh, better officials could uh, could avoid that situation with the technical. And uh, it's just, I think you're right, where these officials say, look, uh, big audience, let's get these people to look at me. And if that's the uh, the best, to call a uh, you know championship game, it's uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Um, let's talk about this. Did you get a chance to watch WrestleMania Night One or Night Two, man? Uh, I did. I-, I surely did. Okay, so let's talk about it. Um, night One, you get the Bloodline kind of sort of losing their grip, where they lose the tag team championships. But then we get the swerve. Night two, Roman Reigns retains his Universal Championship over Cody. That kind of came out of left field. I love it. I think that it's a great move because I think that the money is when the good guys are chasing as opposed to when they're on the top. What did you think, man? I was a little surprised to see Cody go down and Roman stay on top. Yeah, you know, uh, I was surprised that, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes did not win, especially at the end when he started doing some of uh, his dad's moves with the elbow and dropping on the ground and coming up with that punch. Uh, I said, this is how he's going to win it right here. But uh, the higher powers didn't want that to happen, and a lot of people left that arena pretty upset, you can <laughs> see, uh, when uh, he didn't win it. But, look, I, I just think it was a, a great two-night event. I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the first night better than – yeah. And, uh, the Sunday night, and I just think that bit they did with the Miz and Snoop Dogg and all that—that that was a bit much. That was uh, <laughs> they could have, they didn't have to put that in. That was pretty bad. But but look, man, forty-nine a tight end jumping in—that's ridiculous. But look, yesterday, how about the presence of mind? Look, Shane McMahon gets legitimately injured. He tears his quad, like he has serious injury. How about the presence of mind of Snoop Dogg to know, like, oh, crap, I got to go do something. And he saved it. He did something that made sense. He knocked the Miz out. Like, I I agree. Both segments were terrible on Saturday and Sunday. 
But I just thought it was you, like I wouldn't have known what to do in that situation. But you could tell like an entertainer, he just knew, hey, I got to go do something. And he did something that actually made sense. Well, that's one. WWE does such a great job because did Mc, Shane McMahon really hurt himself? Yeah, he did. He, because I'm thinking it's all play. I mean, because how, how in the world would Snoop Dogg know to go and do <laughs> what he did? And uh, But it was just, to me, it was a bit much. And it was, <laughs> it's like I was shaking my head, especially Saturday night with uh, Kid or whatever jumping in there. I was like, what are you doing? Just stay out the ring. Charlotte Flair lost, but Charlotte Flair showed that she is one of the best female athletes in the world. And I I get it. There's a portion of our listening audience that doesn't like wrestling. They complain when I talk about wrestling. But there's also a portion of the audience that understands how athletic and tough you have to be. Charlotte lost, but Charlotte put on a show for my dollar. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley was the best match of the entire WrestleMania. That was unbelievable. She showed why she's one of the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. And it, was it her with her face? She face-planted the mat? Yep. Yeah, oh, and it's like, yeah, look, that's some uh, some highly skilled athletes. And it's entertainment. And I think they, uh, they put on a, a great two-day event. Shoot, they made a lot of money. I mean, how many? Uh, one hundred sixty thousand people in two days, and uh, it's uh, they know what they're doing, and we'll see in the next couple of weeks where they're gonna, you know, spin off from from all this. But uh, I, I enjoyed the, the two uh, two night event. Last question before I let you go. I heard the bell ring a minute ago. Is UConn going to win it all? They're the heavy favorite today. They've been rolling. They really haven't been challenged throughout the tournament. Are they going to get the win today? Well, I, I would think so. I'm glad you and you, you brought that up a little bit. Where uh, I, the name, I'm, the team before the game before uh, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Florida Atlantic had that game won. They five times in the second half. They don't box out on a free throw attempt, <laughs> and, and they go ahead and, and lose on the buzzer. I mean, just one of them get you possession of the ball in the second half and. Who knows what you can do with offensive end with it? But my goodness, that what a way to uh, for them to lose that game. But uh, I think UConn uh, easy tonight takes take care takes care of business. Very interesting. Thanks so much for the time, man. We'll see you later today at baseball. Appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. Yep. How's it going? You too. That is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job as always. Um, was interested to hear his thoughts on the LSU game. I know he's not a big LSU fan. Uh, the officiating was terrible yesterday, man. It was just absolutely terrible. Um, Angel Reeves got called for a second foul that, like, she wasn't even near anyone. It, it got called for a second foul for basically breathing wrong. Caitlin Clark got a delay of game technical foul, and I get it by the letter of the law. Like, yeah, that's pro- come on, come on. Like, that's the that's the thing. Officiating is hard. Because there are rules that you have to follow, but then there's also what I call the code of the game that you have to follow and keep up with, right? Like, you have to call the fouls, but you also have to make sure that the flow of the game is not interrupted. And yesterday, I thought that the officials in the LSU-Iowa game interrupted the flow of the game. There should not be a championship game where all of the star players on one team have to sit out the entire first half, and then all of the star players on the other team have to sit out the entire second half. That should never happen 
in a championship game at a championship setting. That's over-policing. That's too much um, uh, rule enforcement. That's not allowing the players to play. Because, look, technically, by rule, anytime you touch anyone in basketball, period, it's a foul, right? But we all know, people who watch the sport know, that there's some leniency, there's some give and take, and it is a contact sport. And the best of the best, officiating-wise, know and understand that ebb and that flow and they allow the game to flow while also letting the players not go overboard and just play football. That's that's the way that the best handle it. They didn't do a very good job of that yesterday. It was a poorly officiated game. Fortunately, LSU was able to overcome it. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk a little bit about the the hoopla. Ah, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. We'll talk about it in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000, Chevy, Find New Roads. Price is priority. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. 
Welcome back to Play by Play. Somebody scream, says Ty Tribbett. We've been screaming throughout the course of the show. Hope you guys are enjoying your days. We've got our W's and L's. I got to chime in on the Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark stuff. And here's the thing. And here's the message that I want to convey. And I'm going to choose my words very carefully. I'm going to try not to get upset and all pissed off about this because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It takes away the shine off of the real story, which is the fact that history was made and a team did something that they'd never done before. And all this stuff that we talked about in the first segment of the show, it takes the shine away from that, and that's not at all what I'm trying to do. Um, First, out front, Caitlin Clark is an unbelievably gifted player. And and quite frankly, if you say otherwise, um, you just frankly don't know what you're talking about. Like I saw a post on social media today from someone in the basketball community like claiming that Caitlin Clark can't dribble. Uh, she leads the country in assists. She is an unbelievably gifted player. We could not like the way that this response on social media has gone, and that's okay. But to just like slander her ability as a player, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. Oh, she can't dribble. Oh, she's not that good. Well... The team that you coached was 9-21, and 21, bro, so <laughs> maybe you should be teaching your own players how to dribble. Um, but that's neither here nor there. And, and, and I get it. We all say things that you know maybe we didn't think through on social media, me being one of them. But anyway, um, yeah, Caitlin Clark's a great player. Angel Reese is a great player. And I hate the fact, and we do this as a society often, right? I hate the fact that um, when we try to say something good about someone today in the world, we so often feel like we have to say that something else is bad to try to make up for us saying that something is good. I really dislike that about the world, right? And it, and it works with like the LeBron James argument of, of who's the goat is always a great measuring stick of this. I don't think that LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. I don't think that there's pretty much anything that he could do to make himself the best basketball player of all time. But when people start to talk up Michael Jordan and then immediately say that LeBron James is trash and is horrible, that's where we draw the line. And then likewise, when LeBron people say, oh, well, LeBron's the best and everybody in the 80s and the 90s sucked and no one would be able to... That's where I draw the line. I hate the fact that we have to downplay something to try to pick up something else. They're both great. They're both incredible. They're both championship-level players. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the argument. Angel Reese is getting slandered by a lot of the sports media and by a lot of fans around the country for the way that she responded to winning the national championship yesterday, rubbing her hands over her face and mocking Caitlin Clark and doing the ring celebration and everything of the sort. Caitlin Clark's been doing that celebration all year. All year. 
And there are two reasons why no one has said a word about it. The first is because, let's be honest, most people don't watch women's basketball until the Final Four, so no one saw it earlier in the year. That's the first. The second is because it's the darling. It's the Steph Curry of the sport. It's the young lady that y'all like that's doing it. It's the same reason why when James Harden flops and tries to draw fouls, you guys hate him. But when Steph Curry or Trey Young or a more popular player does the same, no one says a word. Angel Reese established herself early this season kind of as the villain, right? She's a little bit cocky. She's a little bit arrogant. She doesn't fit the mold. She embraces being the villain. She embraces being outspoken about certain things that maybe people are uncomfortable with. And you guys don't like that, so you're taking out on her the fact that you don't like her celebration after winning the championship. Do I think that it's a white and black issue? To some degree for some people. Because there's a certain amount of people and there's a small percentage of people in the country that they're not going to like anything that a black person does. And there are certain people in the population that are going to make everything into a racial issue. And that's just unfortunately the world in which we live today. But I think by and large, it's the same situation. Like, look, Marshall Henderson, who was at Ole Miss, he was a white guy a couple years ago. He would do all kind of crazy celebrations, and he would be very flamboyant and outspoken. He was a villain all the same way that Angel Reese is. And likewise, there are some of these goody-two-shoes players that could get away with stuff because of the way that they portray themselves. So I'm not sure that race was a 1,000% a factor here, but I do think it had something to do with how some people formed their opinion. But I know this. And I think that Caitlin Clark would even agree with this. That's the reason why she didn't respond and she just let it happen. In sports, if you want to be willing to dish it out, you got to be willing to receive it back in return. She wants to do a hard little cutesy, oh, you can't see me after she makes a three-pointer when she's unguardable, when she's on fire. Then you be better be willing to receive it back when somebody throws it back at you. And that's what Angel Reese did. LSU felt disrespected. LSU felt disrespected. And you know what? There's probably a reason that LSU felt disrespected. Because they were disrespected. They were disrespected all year. They were told from the second that they hired Kim Mulkey that it was a bad move. Oh, you're spending too much money on women's basketball. Oh, invest that money into a defensive coordinator. Oh, spend that in football. People care about football. No one cares about women's basketball. There's not people around the country saying this. There's their old fans that are saying this. Oh, this is a terrible, it's never going to work out. I remember. I was one of the few who was saying that it was great. And you got to spend a little to get a little. I remember what people were saying. So people didn't like the hire. Then you go in the portal and you get Angel Reese. Oh, she's flamboyant. I, I don't know. She's a, she's a tall drink of water. We don't like her very much. Then you start off the year strong. Oh, they're not playing anybody. They, they haven't played any real competition. Then you get to the NCAA tournament. Oh, they're going to lose to Michigan. There's going to be two and out. They lost to South Carolina and Tennessee. They're not for real. 
every single thing that these young ladies have done, people have said they couldn't do more. And yeah, you do build up some calluses there and you do get angry. And you do start to think that, hey, everybody's against us, so to hell with them. We're going to go and prove them all wrong. And if they don't like it, to hell with them. They ain't with us anyway. So yeah, if the LSU women's basketball team's a little raw and is a little bit much for you, you're the ones who made them that way. You're the ones who made them that way by everything that they've done all season, trying to discount it and trying to take it away from them. They were they lost two games all year in the damn SEC, and you are the ones, and I'm saying you as in everybody in the sport as a whole, made them a three seed. They should have been a number one seed. They were a damn three seed. Everything they've done all year, they've been told they weren't good enough. So when they get to the final stage and they're playing America's darling, the girl who could do no wrong, the girl who everyone in the national media thinks her poo-poo don't stink, you're going to lose to her. She's going to score 45 points. She could do no wrong. She's Miss America. She's the greatest women's basketball player to ever play. When you face her and no one thinks you could win and then you finally shove it back in her face and you beat her ass and you beat her by 17, yes, they're going to be excited. Yes, they're going to rub that their nose in that. Yes. Because you could only kick a dog for so long before they finally bite you. And this is a group of girls who have been kicked and kicked and kicked all season long because you don't like uh, Kim Mulkey, because you don't like how much money Kim Mulkey's making, because you're intimidated by the fact that LSU's investing in their women's basketball program. You don't like how loud Kim Mulkey's dresses are. You don't like the way Angel Reese celebrates. You don't like the way that they do this. You don't like the way that they do that. You don't like this or that. You don't like the fact that they have a rapper on the team. You don't like DNIL money. You don't like the fact that they're doing different things. They've been kicked on all year. And they finally bit back, and you're pissed off about it because they bit you. Well, guess what? You're the ones who started it by initiating all the hate to begin with. So to the Caitlin Clark situation, it's part of a greater situation as a whole. It's a program that has been told constantly that they're not good enough. And then when they finally proved y'all all wrong and showed that they are good enough, Yes, they are enjoying watching you all eat crow. Yes, they should be enjoying watching you all eat crow. Oh, Caitlin Clark doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve being treated that way after the NCAA tournament run that she had. Tell that to Louisville. They saw the you-can't-see-me taunt probably 15 times during that game. Y'all don't like that somebody was taunting somebody else. Y'all just don't like that your darling is the one being bullied this time. Y'all don't like that the one that on the slick has been doing all the little slide trash talk all year, but y'all didn't see it because y'all wasn't watching the games and y'all just knew that she was a darling in the media cycle for the last five days. So y'all don't like that the pageant queen's getting bullied. That's what y'all don't like. But y'all haven't been watching to see that she's been doing the same thing under the table all year to everybody she's been playing. I watched the national championship game cover to cover. I watched the final four game cover to cover. I watched the elite game, elite eight game cover to cover. Y'all think that Caitlin Clark's not talking trash all game long? Just read her lips. She's saying some very not nice things to the teams that she's facing. 
You become a target when you make yourself a target. When you put yourself out there, you become a target. And sometimes when you're a target, you get shot right in the bullseye. And LSU shot and didn't miss yesterday in more ways than one. So those are my thoughts. Do I think it's it's a racial thing, black versus white? No, I think that it's a it's a player who's perceived as a protagonist versus a player who's perceived as an antagonist, and we don't like as a society when the quote-unquote bad guy wins. But here's the thing about every villain story. Every villain thinks that the person that they're fighting against is actually the villain, and in a lot of ways, Caitlin Clark did some things to vilify herself to the LSU team, and they shut her up for good. And some people, unfortunately, are uncomfortable about that. But that's on y'all because they've got a ring on their finger. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk a little WrestleMania. Uh, We will talk about some of the things that I liked, some of the things I didn't like, all that in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The music on the bayou, the all-new Ragin' Cajun 102.7 FM. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE. 102.7 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the Rage and Cajun. 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all-new Rage and Cajun. 102.7 FM. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Cola, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. 
Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. WrestleMania has come and passed, and you guys who listen to play-by-play know I love talking about some WWE. Um, I thought WrestleMania was excellent. There are some things that I liked, some things I didn't like. You know, that's just part of. I mean, there's no, there's no entertainment source that's going to entertain you for seven hours over two days, and you're going to love every single thing about it. Um, but I thought it was good theater. Night one, Austin Theory defeated John Cena to retain the United States Championship. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, night one, I was a little late getting back to the action because I was calling the Bayou River All-Star Game for VSN. I didn't actually see that one. Um, I tried to start my live stream back from the beginning, and for whatever reason, it wasn't working. So I started actually on the second match. I didn't see Theory and Cena. I'm not going to comment much on that. Maybe Turtle and I will talk about that on Wednesday. But I did see everything else. The Street Profits win a big old Fatal 4-Way tag match. Seth Rollins defeats Logan Paul uh, on night one. Let's let's start there. Seth Rollins is good, and Seth Rollins makes whatever and whoever he's in the ring with better. <clears throat> but Logan Paul is an absolute star. I am not a ginormous fan of the Paul brothers and the way that they have come to fame and all of that stuff, right? We could talk about that. We could debate that endlessly. Um, But the fact is this. Those are some talented dudes, bro. And those are some charismatic dudes. And those are some incredibly athletic dudes. Wrestling is a hard craft to perfect. Sometimes you're really good at it. Sometimes you're not. It's a hard craft to master and perfect. And the fact that they are so proficient and so good at what they do so early in their careers, to me, is incredible. Logan Paul has been in a handful of matches throughout the course of his wrestling career. They've all been entertaining. He falls to Seth Rollins, but he puts on an absolute show. And I want to see more. I thought he was awesome. I want to see more. Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch defeat Damage Control. Rey Mysterio defeats Dominic. So let's talk about that. Rey Mysterio and Dominic. I'm a little surprised that Rey beat Dominic. I thought they would set up Dominic um, going forward, but he's going to actually be there long term. Rey Mysterio is probably not. Dominic Mysterio, to me, early in his career was stale, 
wasn't exciting, I wasn't intrigued, wasn't a fan, on and on and on and on. Dominic Mysterio is a star. I was wrong. He has grown. He is so hateable. <laughs> and and part of uh, being a successful wrestler is you've got to have that ability to be disliked. He's so good at being disliked. He's so good at getting you to say, hey, that guy's not my favorite. The way that he was able to draw heat against his dad on Saturday was awesome. Ray goes over. They get the family involved. They get Bad Bunny involved. They get, it was kind of a schmoz. You know, they got a bunch of different things involved. That feud's far from over. They're going to continue to to go to, to battle with one another. That was awesome. The match of the night, though, was the women's SmackDown championship match. Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte to win the SmackDown Women's Championship in one of the best women's matches that there's ever been in the company. The match went 23 minutes and 35 seconds. It was physical. They were beating the crap out of each other. It was acrobatic. They were doing all sorts of flips and turns and crazy moves and everything of the sort. Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler in the history of the company. She's 36. She's about to turn turn 37 she's already won the championship a bunch of times charlotte flair is the best women's wrestler in the history of the sport the things that she could do in the ring are unbelievable and that's the thing right there are so many people who just discount wwe because they know it's it's staged and it's predetermined and they don't give it the time of day not understanding nor realizing how athletic the performers have gotten in the last 20 years. This is not Mid-South Wrestling in the Centralplex back in the early 90s where you got two 330-pound guys with a beer belly getting each other in a headlock for 30 minutes and just laying in the ring while you boo and throw you know chips in the ring. These are legitimate, high-level athletes men and women who could potentially be professional athletes in various sports if they would have chosen to do so. Charlotte Flair was like a blue-chip volleyball prospect. Several other of these people have played professional sports and uh, you know in other sports before or could have if they would have wanted to but maybe chose wrestling instead. And the storytelling and the way that they compete and the way that they just don't mess anything up. It was unbelievable. It was great. Theater Rhea Ripley defeats Charlotte. I'm curious to see what she does with the championship now that she's got it. Pat McAfee defeats The Miz. As Coach Colley was saying, they got uh, George Kittle involved, and it was kind of weird. It wasn't the best, but Pat McAfee gets involved. He beats The Miz. Then the main event, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeat The Usos. They win the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. It was a good match. It was solid. The crowd was into it. It was a great vibe back and forth. There were moments where you thought that the Usos were maybe going to pull it out, but eventually Owens and Zayn win. They get the huge roar, the huge audience pop. I think, especially now seeing the way that night two went, I think that probably they're setting up the Usos to get Jey Uso into a singles run uh, because he, I think, every tag team, there's a guy who emerges as the star of the team. I think Jey Uso has become the star of the team over Jimmy. 
Uh, though they're both really good. I just think that Jimmy has become kind of, or Jay has become kind of the dude. I think they're maybe setting him up for some singles. Night two, Brock Lesnar beats Omas in four minutes and 55 seconds. It was what it was. It was short. It was sweet. It got the message through, I guess, that Brock Lesnar is still one of the dudes. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler win a fatal four-way women's tag match that shouldn't have been on the show. Gunther defeats Sheamus and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther's going to be a future world champion. Uh, Gunther is is legit. Uh, he's big old physical foreign guy. Um, he's legit. That was a match where those three guys beat on one another. Physically beat on one another. I thought that was some good theater. Gunther gets the win and keeps his title. Bianca Belair defeats Asuka to keep the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair, another one in that mold. She's just an unbelievable athlete. So gifted. She is a former track star. Asuka is a great performer as well. Um, so that was fun. That was exciting. That was a pretty good match. That was probably uh, yeah, like a three, four-star match. You know, it was it was solid. Snoop Dogg defeats The Miz. Edge defeats Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match, 18 minutes. Um, I take offense with that one. I was okay by and large with the results to everything else on the show. I take offense to Edge defeating Finn Balor. WWE needs to figure out what to do with Finn Balor because I think that he's very legitimate. I think that he is um, a top-tier guy. I think he's a top-tier performer in the ring. I think he's a top-tier character, but they just they get right up to the edge, and then they kind of get cold feet and back away. Some of that's maybe because when they made him the champion, he got injured. Maybe they don't think he's reliable. Maybe they think he's injury prone. Maybe they don't think they could try. Whatever it may be. Um, but here's the thing. You had an opportunity to assist in the building of a star. And I think he kind of faltered a little bit. Because look, at the end of the day, Edge is what, 50? 49. He ain't going to be there three, four years down the road. He's going to be a part-timer at best. Finn Balor's going to be there every Monday. And I think that they had an opportunity to build somebody up, and instead they maybe tore him down. He's going to need a reset. He's going to need a reboot. They're going to need to do something different to Finn Balor going forward. And then in the main event, Roman Reigns, with the assist of um, his his bodyguard, his, his cousin, they get the win over Cody Rhodes, six, uh, 34 minutes, 35 seconds. I'm not angry like other wrestling fans are that Roman beat Cody. I'm not. Because we see it so often. The good guys chase and chase and chase and it's so hot and people want to see it so bad and it's it's so anticipated and they're on the edge of their seat. They can't wait for it to happen. But then whenever the good guy finally reaches the top, it's over and there's nothing left for them to chase. We saw with Daniel Bryan, all the yes movement. Yes, yes, yes. He was never as hot again after winning the title than before. I think what works in storytelling is when the bad guy's on top and the good guy's chasing him and we lead you on a journey. Roman Reigns has been the champion for close to a 1,000 days. And I think that by keeping it on him, It'll make it even more special when maybe a year down the line, six months down the line, three months down the line, 
he finally drops it. So I'm not disappointed that he lost to Cody, or that he that he beat Cody, rather. I'm not disappointed that he kept the championship. And I think that we should probably give these storytellers and the bookers the benefit of the doubt, because they've given us all of this great entertainment so far. So why shouldn't we trust the fact that they're going to make the next chapter of the story as good as the previous chapters of the story, if that makes sense. So I thought it was great theater. Uh, Los Angeles was a was a good venue for the event. They drew combined 160-plus thousand people over the two days. So that was unbelievable. It's great to see how hot wrestling is. And uh, can't wait to see what happens next. That's, that's, the, that's the best part, right? When you leave a show like that and your first question isn't, or your first thought isn't, oh, that was cool, or that wasn't cool, but your first thought is, well, I want to see where they go now. That's the goal of elite storytelling. You want to see what happens next, and that's where I am right now after WrestleMania 39. Let's get to break. When we get back out of the break, we'll get our weekend W's and L's. Boy, a lot of them. You could sure guess. It's play-by-play on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, 
cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide health care for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. Get to our W's and L's here on Play by Play. Hope you guys are enjoying your day as much as we are. We're having a lot of fun celebrating LSU's national championship win. But now we've got some serious business. It's Monday. We've got to get to our W's and L's here on Play by Play. Our first W, I mean, it's 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 gotta be Kim Mulkey, right? I mean, she leaves Baylor, an established program where she had won three national championships, and then just kind of followed her heart back home. She goes to Baton Rouge. In taking the job at Baton Rouge during the COVID pandemic, she says, um, I'm going to lead you guys to the national championship. A lot of people laughed and scoffed and say, yeah, right. Like, that's ain't going to happen. Um, but she did. She led LSU to the national championship in just her second season. And there's no reason to think that this is not a team now that is going to be capable or incapable of making runs every year. I think that they're going to be in, in position to make runs every single year. Not going to win it all every year, right? There's other great teams in the sport, but you're going to be in the conversation where we're going to be starting up, talking about women's basketball. They're going to be in the top five preseason, all that good stuff. You're going to be in that spot, and it's awesome to see with that program. And L goes to Dawn Staley. Um, Dawn Staley has a hard time dealing with stuff. Dawn Staley likes to pit people against other people. After losing to Iowa in the semifinals on Friday, she got up on the podium and unsolicited just started talking about how people talk about how her team is a bunch of thugs and making extremely strong racial overtones and talked about how great her kids are and how people portray them differently than the way that they are. Coach, uh, no one was saying anything. No one, and here's the exact quote, we're not bar fighters, we're not thugs, we're not monkeys, we're not street fighters. The team exemplifies how you need to approach basketball on and off the court. You might not like how we play the game. You may not like it. That's how we play. That's the way I coach. I'm not changing. No one accused your team of being thugs. No one accused your team of being street fighters. No one said that. Like, you're upset that your team lost, and you're trying to smear and smudge some blame off of the fact that you didn't coach very well. And this is a prevailing theme with Dawn Staley, right? This is the same Dawn Staley who said when Kim Mulkey was hired at LSU, an elephant never forgets, I didn't forget this, who said that LSU 
had some racial overtones and that they didn't support Nikki Fargus the way that they support Kim Mulkey and that maybe Nikki Fargus would have more success and trying to pit one side against the other side. I'm over it. When the same person is always having an issue with something or someone or however you want to slice it, maybe it's that person who's the problem. No one called South Carolina names. No one said that they're street fighters or thugs because they play. No one said that. That was unsolicited criticism from a coach who didn't have to say anything at all. Just say the obvious. Hey, Iowa beat us today. We had a great season. I'm so proud of my kids. And leave it at that. No one is uh, criticizing your team. We we celebrated the fact that Iowa beat you because of how great your team is. It's the same thing like UConn. Everybody used to get fired up when UConn women's, UConn women's basketball lost because they never would lose. So it was such a rarity when it happened that it became big news. Do I think the way that South Carolina plays is boring? Yeah, I do. They just pack everybody in the paint and they physically beat the hell out of you for 40 minutes. But do I think that that makes them bad people? No. That's just the way that they play. No one was saying those things, coach. Like, it's okay to just lose. But every time they lose, it's got to become a loss and a lecture. Get over it, man. Get over it. A W goes to the UConn men's basketball team. The UConn men are in great spot to win the national championship. Um, They are playing exceedingly well. And look, in a tournament where there's been so much parity and a tournament where there's been so many upsets and there's been so much madness and chaos and blah, 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 on and on and on, they've not been challenged. They've won every single game by double digits. They have blown out everyone that they have played. And tonight... I think there's a very real possibility and a very real chance that they're going to blow out San Diego State too. And it's strange because it kind of came out of nowhere from this UConn team, right? It's a UConn team that has eight losses. They had a stretch during the middle of the Big East season where they lost like six or seven out of eight games. But if you could escape from that stretch, because look, there are some whispers and some rumblings, and there were a lot of smart people that picked UConn to win it all. If you could pull that little two-week stretch out of their schedule, they've been pretty dominant all year. They beat Alabama by 15 earlier in the year. Like They've been pretty dominant all year. And they've gotten into the tournament. they played their best basketball. They have been excellent. And I would be surprised if they didn't win tonight against San Diego State. Would be surprised. I think UConn's a pretty steep favorite. And L goes to LSU baseball fans, of which, look, some of them that I'm related to, right? Some of them are, are in my family, and I'm calling y'all out too. LSU's the number one team in the country in baseball. They've won three straight SEC series against nationally ranked opposition, some of the best teams in the country. They're 24-4 and four overall. But when anything goes wrong, There's a percentage of the fan base that's ready to bail. And I think that that sucks. 
Like, LSU beats Tennessee the first two games of the series this weekend and then gets clobbered on Saturday, 14-7. to They'll play their best. And they're a fan, oh, yeah, this team's overrated. They're overhyped. They're not one of the best teams in the country. Oh, they're they're going to find out later. In the- they're 6-3 and three in the SEC. They've not lost a weekend series all year. Overhyped? Because they lost a game? You find me any baseball team at the collegiate level or professional level that wins 60 in a row, and I'll show you a team that doesn't exist. So, like, LSU fans, calm down. Relax. You're number one in the country. I'm sorry that we're not number one enough for you. I'm sorry that we're not winning every single game 30 to nothing to appease your fragile ego. I'm sorry that other teams in the conference like Tennessee are actually pretty good too and can maybe win a ball game or two here and there. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Relax. You're number one. You've got some of the best players in America. And there's a percentage of the fans that can't even enjoy this team for what they are. Whew. And along the flip side to that, by the way, Weekend W goes to the aforementioned LSU baseball team because on the field they won two out of three. And got a a series victory over a great Tennessee team. Weekend L goes to Shane McMahon, the heir apparent of WWE. Well, he's not heir apparent anymore. He's actually kind of been written out. But he competed this weekend at WrestleMania and was going up against The Miz and tore his quad immediately. Got into the ring and so ironic and so crazy. All of the crazy things that Shane McMahon has done in a wrestling ring. He's jumped off of the top of cages, through tables. He's jumped off of stages. He's been hit with chairs and hit with barbed wire and all the crazy stuff he's done. He jumped up in the air, landed wrong, and tore his quad. And immediately, with a legitimate injury, had to go down. And it altered the plans for him, obviously, for the show. It didn't look fun. It didn't look very good. Uh, And hopefully he's going to be okay, but he gets a weekend L because that was a not-so-memorable WrestleMania moment for him. A weekend W goes to Major League Baseball. Um, I love the new rule changes, man. Throw tomatoes at me. Say that you're an old-school fan. Say whatever you want to say. I love the new rule changes. There's no stoppage. We're playing baseball the whole time. And if the game lasts two hours and 20, like some of them have, or if it lasts three hours and 20, like some of them have, it's okay. But there's constant action. The pitch is thrown. Catcher hums the ball back to the pitcher. He's immediately back on the mound, getting ready to throw the next pitch. There's no stepping off. There's no stretching. There's no batter stepping out of the batter's box and taking off his gloves and making a sandwich and going get a glass of lemonade and then stepping back. There's none of that lazy downtime. It's fast-paced. It's a little different, but it works for me. I am thoroughly enjoying all of the rule changes. I like that there's more stolen bases. I like that there's a little more offense. I like the fact that with there being a little more offense, there's not a longer and more drawn-out game. 
I'm a big fan of those changes that they made. It's made the product noticeably easier to watch. Weekend L goes to the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are an absolute train wreck. They're not going to make the playoffs at all. They traded for Kyrie Irving, and they were like the five seed. And they were trading for Kyrie Irving with the idea that he could take them from the five seed to the top and that they could become one of the best teams in the NBA. Instead, they have tanked, and they're now legitimately at risk to not even make the playoffs at all. They're the number 11 seed right now. They're game out of Oklahoma City, who's at sitting at number 10. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen for Dallas this year. They've lost three in a row. They've lost seven out of eight. Lost to the Hawks yesterday. Lost to the Hornets twice. That's what happens when you drink the poison. Go get Kyrie Irving. It's going to be great. Yeah, the, the stats are great. 25, 26 points a game, 7, 8. Yeah, the stats are amazing. But it's like drinking a poison pill. He's going to kill your locker room. That venom's going to start out. It's not going to be too bad at first, right? When you get bit by a snake, you don't die immediately. That poison's going to get a little more into your bloodstream. Then it's going to travel to your organs. And the entire thing dies when you bring Kyrie Irving in. Luka Doncic is not happy. The bench players don't have any confidence. They're having, having to listen to this jackass talk about God knows what. Whatever crusade he's on on any given day, he kills you every time. And his contract's up this summer. I get that he's a great player. I get the great stats. I get the great talent. He should just be out the league for good this summer after his contract expires. No one should sign him. They, The teams around the league should learn the lesson, and no one should sign him. He killed every franchise that he's been a part of over the last couple turns, right? It didn't end well in Brooklyn. He kind of got disgruntled with Harden, made them trade Harden out of there. didn't work there. It was certainly a nightmare in Boston. The Dallas thing's not working out. I don't care about the stats. I care about what you do to make everyone around you better, and he makes everyone around him worse. W goes to the Lions Club, or the Tibetal Lions Club. They hosted the All-Star Game this past weekend. It was a great event. A lot of great talent, a lot of great turnout. Great three-point competition. Congratulations to Caroline Loop winning the women's three-point competition. Congratulations to Remy Bethencourt winning the men's three-point competition. So proud of all the kids for competing. Um, the Lions Club hosted a great event. Also, a weekend, W goes to Vince McMahon. He sold WWE today to a big old parent company, the same parent company that owns the UFC. And Vince McMahon, as a result, is like 10 or $11 billion, with a B, dollars richer. The UFC and WWE have merged. They've created a $21.4 billion organization. Um, and it'll be one of the global sports powers now. So just unbelievable to think that that's, uh, that's, the where, that's where we are and that's where WWE is headed. Got some betting picks, then we'll get out of here. Uh, betting picks are going to become more frequent and more hot and heavy now that we've got some MLB to pick on. That's kind of the sport that I'm the best at. Um when we're laying some things down. Um, in the NBA tonight, I like 
Well, there's no NBA tonight, just clear. Never mind. I don't like anything in the NBA tonight. All those lines are for tomorrow. In the NCAA tournament today, I like over 132.5 for UConn and San Diego State. I think we're going to see a little offense. I think the teams are going to be more used to the arena and the depth perception and all those different challenges. I like over in that game. Major League Baseball today, I'll give you these. I like, um, let's go with, the Rays minus one and a half over the Nationals. The Nationals are still not very good. Watch them play over the weekend. I like minus one and a half Astros over Tigers. Give me the Guardians. No, sorry. Give me the Padres minus 144 over the Diamondbacks. And then give me the Guardians. Minus 154 over the Oakland A's. That's the baseball that I like today. Um, Choose wisely and hope that you guys have some great luck. Thanks to Coach Brian Colley for the time today. Thanks to you all for the time today. We'll have a fun show tomorrow. I'll try to get Stan Grava on. And we'll try to get all of our regulars on. Because, man, I want to give them a voice. I want to give them the opportunity to speak when all these amazing things happening. I want to hear what Turtle has to say about WrestleMania and the women's basketball. I want to hear what Stan has to say. I want to hear what Damien has to say. I'll try to line up everybody and make sure that we have a full week with all the regulars on the show. This is Casey wrapping up. Have a great rest of the day, y'all. We got South Lafouche baseball tonight right here. First pitch at 6 o'clock. Take it on Riverdale. Adios, y'all. Have a great day. Made in America. What does that mean? <laughs> 